0: Welcome to an inspirational Sunday message from Found Church. We hope you will be challenged and encouraged while listening to this message. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our church website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This sounds a bit echoey to you, is it? I'll change the microphone then. Okay. Thanks, Elizabeth. That's great. Thank you. So, let me share one verse with you this morning. It's uh, John fourteen, verse fifteen, and that's all the only verse I am going to share this morning uh, as 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 a pretext to what I am going to say. We'll share more things from the Word of God as we go through this. But we're in our series, um, which is called um, "With Jesus in the Upper Room," and uh, so this verse today is John fourteen, fifteen. If you love me, you will obey. What I command. So the title of my message today is To obey or not to obey. That is the question. So a very short text, you're switched on to this very short text today. Ten words in the NIV. Uh, but I believe it's also a very important text. And it's worth actually noting uh, that obedience is mentioned more than once in this particular passage. It's obviously very important. So here's the Lord Jesus on the uh, the last night he had with his disciples, sharing important things. And he obviously thinks that obedience is something important that needed to be shared among his disciples. And of course, he himself would perform the perfect act of obedience and go into the cross, as we'll see in a moment or two. But later on in this passage, in verse 21, he says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. In verse 23 to 24, if Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. And then verse 24, He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So very, very clear eh, what he says. And then verse 30 and 31 he says, the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. So you can see obedience is coming through over and over and over again. And the latter verse shows the perfect obedience of the Jesus to his Father, total obedience. And, and as we look at Jesus' life, remember that story when Jesus was 12 and he was found at the temple, uh, debating with the chief priests and the leaders. Remember, he, his, his parents had, had lost them uh, on their journey there to, to Jerusalem on the way back. And uh, the Bible tells us that after they found Jesus, it says, he went home to be with his parents to Nazareth, and it says, and he was obedient to them. So we see that characteristic. That's good for all Poison girls to obey their parents. But his obedience to his heavenly father was, was total and it was truly inspirational. In Philippians 2 and 6, uh, and, and forward, it tells you the story of the Lord Jesus humbling himself and, and taking upon himself the form of a servant. And then it says he became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. So in Philippians 2, we see that total obedience of the Lord Jesus. Some people think that was an early uh, Christian hymn. And then we've got this obscure verse in in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And that obviously is for another day. But, But we see obedience was a characteristic of the life of the Lord Jesus. We see that obedience is, is, is ministered to us throughout the whole uh, of the Bible. It's a major theme in the Bible. Uh, looking up a concordance, which, which obviously if you look up a concordance, it'll tell you a word. Uh, and then you look to see where that applies in, in the Bible. And uh, the, word, the words obey, obeys, obedient, and obedience uh, come a total of 204 times. So it's massive. It's a massive subject in the Bible. It's mentioned all these uh, 200 times. You'll be very glad today that I'm not going to speak 204 uh, points on this. But the flip side of that is disobedience. So if you were to then research that as well, you'd find a whole lot more as well. And one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 1 and verse 19, which says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. And and that, that that's a promise of blessing. And I really do believe that obeying God brings blessing in our lives. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it, that, that that is a pathway to blessing. And that verse in Isaiah 1 verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. It, it, it shows the heart of God that wants to bless his people. And, and, uh, and I believe obedience is the key to that. So it's a major subject. It's a very important principle in the Old Testament because the law was based on obedience. And so it was based on that kind of principle that I've just outlined. So if you obeyed the teaching of the Lord, you would get the blessing. So follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws and you will live safely in the land. Is a promise of safety from Leviticus twenty-five eighteen, In Deuteronomy 6 and 3, a part of the important uh, verses in, in the Pentateuch uh, that God gave to Moses. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you. So we're seeing this picture. And, and obedience is big. It's, it's there in, in the Bible over and over again. It's a big theme. And, and, and we're seeing connected with that promises. And we see that in the Old Testament, if you obey, you will receive Blessing, and that's how that was. That was uh, uh, the, the law was set up. It was important for Joshua in the time of, of of conquest. So I love the book of Joshua, and Joshua chapter one is a great is a great uh, uh, portion of the Bible, and I love that uh, particular. Uh, a passage. But there's a key to Joshua being successful in leading the children of Israel in to take the promised land. There's a key there. And we, and we find it in, in Joshua 1, 7. So he says to the, to, God says to, to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. And, 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 and you know, if you're leading anything for God, these are great words to be strong and very courageous. And he says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And so, this principle, I'm I'm painting a picture, this principle... Over and over and over again, if we obey, that his blessing comes from that. And at the end of his days, Joshua said to his elders as he passed on his message, Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. So what God gave to him, he then passed it on to others. And that's what we're meant to do in our life. God passes stuff on to us, and then we pass it on to others. That's the whole process of discipleship. But, of course, it wasn't worked out, sadly, in the the days of the judges. And it tells us over and over again that they disobeyed the Lord. For example, Judges 2 and and verse 18, it says, Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's command. So we see disobedience creeping in. And, And the response is mixed through the books of Kings and Chronicles. And so we see certain kings... And when they obeyed the Lord, they prospered. So kings like Asa, who began so well, and that was a time of blessing and prosperity in their life. Kings like Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, people who did well with the Lord, they got blessing after blessing in their lives. And John Maxwell, in the commentary in his Bible, he, he says, he makes a point in contrasting Saul and David, that Saul disobeyed God in little things, whereas David obeyed God in the little things. And so, this, uh, disobedience and obedience is not only about big things, it's also about small things. And so we could go on. If we look through the Old Testament, sweet blessing coming to people like Nehemiah, we see in Nehemiah sharing that with the people. Be careful to obey all the commands. It's mentioned in the Psalms, in, in Psalm 103, which has already been mentioned today, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. And we could go on. Jeremiah, Daniel, have got a lot to say. But sadly, as we look at the children of Israel, we see that their track record is more leaning towards disobedience than it is toward obedience. And in Stephen, in his speech before he was martyred, say, but our fathers refused to obey him. Acts 7:39. Instead, they rejected him. And in their hearts, turned back to Egypt. It all begins in the heart. And so Abraham would be a great example of obedience in the Bible. And Saul would be an example, as I've just mentioned, of disobedience, King Saul. And and so the, the classic passage of disobedience for King Saul is 1 Samuel 15. When God told them to deal with the Amalekites, who had been a thorn in the flesh to the children of Israel down through the ages, and He told them to deal with the Amalekites, but but He didn't deal with the Amalekites. He didn't do what God asked them to do. And God told them to destroy the sheep and the cattle, uh, and uh, of course He didn't do it. And then when Saul met 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 Samuel the prophet, uh, I, I just. I just love, and 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 I'm challenged by the way that 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 he acts and reacts. Because Saul comes up, Samuel comes up to Saul, and and Saul says, eh, the, "The Lord bless you. I've done everything that I commanded you." So he's 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 got this kind of uh, attitude that that's uh, "I've done everything that God's commanded you," and it's all couched in religious terms. And it's it it, it sounds as if he's done everything that God's wanted him to do. And then God is turning, Samuel's turning around and saying, well, what do I hear? I hear the bleating of the sheep and the lowing of the cattle. So here's Saul presenting as if everything is good. And yet, yet, yet it's partial, dis, partial obedience. Partial obedience equals disobedience. So he's coming along with this partial obedience. And God challenged them through Samuel. And, and you've got this word that's mentioned over and over again in the Bible. To obey is better than to sacrifice mentioned 10 times in the Bible and so obedience is a characteristic of many of the great saints of God and, and one of the 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 greatest examples is Abraham Abraham was prepared even to offer up his son Isaac and God does not like child sacrifice and didn't follow through with it but he was just testing Abraham to see where he was but in Hebrews, it takes up the point that Abraham, when God called him, he called him to leave the land that he was in and go to the land that he would show him. And and, and the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that he actually did that. He obeyed and went. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. So, He's a, another big character in the Bible, mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. And and we see obedience characterize his life. His father set out to go to the promised land, but never quite arrived there. And God spoke to Abraham when he was the age of 75. So there's hope for many of us here today. If you're over 75 or 75 and over, never think that God's finished with you. And God spoke to him at the age of 75. He says, leave your country your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. So the Bible tells us, so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. A 400-mile journey at the age of 75. He didn't just walk down to the railway station and get a ticket from Scotrail to go to where he was. He didn't catch a CityLink coach or or whatever it was. There wasn't even stagecoaches in those days. He had to travel all of that distance uh, on camels and donkeys at the age of 75, and he was willing to do that. And we can easily think that these people were superheroes. They were like uh, Superman and Superwoman, and, and, and that uh, you know they, they went into the phone box as Clark Kent and they come out as Superman or something like that. And they went in and come out as Abraham stroke Superman. But but they were just ordinary people like you and me. And he went in the strength of promises that God gave him. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord told him. So with all these promises that God had given him and the call of God speaking to him, he went exactly as God, it went exactly in the direction that God called him to go. It was a life of great obedience. And and the adventure of faith is is similarly amazing journey. We don't always know where it will end. The Bible says Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. And there's times in Diane and I's life when we've done that, particularly when we went to Bible college, that, that we went out. And I remember us sitting in the bottom of our stairs with, with, with two young children at the time. And 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 I remember quoting that we felt like Abraham, that we went out not knowing where we were going. And so In in our journey, in our Christian life, God will speak to us about different things. And he'll be speaking to you just now as he speaks to me. And he speaks to all of us here today. And he might be challenging an area of our living. He might be challenging an area of our giving. He might be challenging an area of our serving or forgiving or holiness. And, And let me just take giving as an example. Like we 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 don't talk about money in this church. We don't even take up an offering. I've taken an offering for over a couple of years, and and we never do an offering speech or, or anything like. Apart from our missions offering uh, once a month, but but it's it's an area where where often we find a little bit of difficulty in, in our lives, and so I don't think we can be charged here of of, of talking a lot about money. But it's a big a big area. And it's an area where a lot of people struggle. And so God speaks promises into our lives in relation to giving. And in Malachi, in the Old Testament, there's a whole chapter, and in fact, more than a chapter in that. And the background to that is the, the people had been saying bad things about God, and God was actually challenging them about their life. And he challenged them about an area of their giving that was not good. They were bringing all the rubbish offerings uh, to the Lord. And, uh, and, and God accused them of stealing from him. Will you rob God, he says. And in Malachi 3, and you can read it last book of the Old Testament, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. It's a biblical principle of giving 10% of our income into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he says, test me in this. Says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the windows, the floodgates of heaven, and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. So, what an amazing promise God says. God says, if you are faithful and you are given, He said to, to Malachi in the Old Testament. I believe principle still there uh, in the New Testament, and uh, so He said, this is what I want you to do. He says, you be faithful, you give. And he says, I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you cannot contain. Now, I don't know anyone that would not like the floodgates of heaven poured out upon their lives. I don't know a single person that wouldn't settle uh, for that. And that's what he says. And it's one of the only places in the Bible where where God actually says, uh, test me in this, prove me. He says, put me to the test. And if you've never done that yourself, then, then the challenge is here today. Read the book of Malachi and, and see what it says. It's put, put God says, test me in this. Try it. We taught our kids this. We've lived by this principle, Dan and I, all our married life. It's And if I'd unpacked that with Jeanette on Wednesday night at at, at MySpace, Jeanette would have told the same story because I've heard her tell that story many, many times. But only by doing it would they discover it actually to be true. And his promise to his people then is still a promise to his people now. That promise has no expiry date. And the onus in us is to trust him. As if we do that, that, this is what God says that he will do. And 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 I believe that this promised blessing is is still available today. And you might you might think this is crazy. This is crazy. I've come to church today, and Pastor Michael is telling me that I've got to give 10% of my income. No, I'm saying God invites you to do that, and and He's got promises attached to that. And 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 you think, well, does He does He not know about the cost of living? Does He not know about the price of petrol? I mean, only last week I went in and it was 139, and now it's 141 and 142 or whatever you go for a litre. And, and does he not know that, that council tax has gone up? Does he not know that the Bank of England raised base rate last week by another another 0.25%? Does he, does he, does he not know that these things are going on in our world today? Yes. So we've been in situations ourselves when we went to Bible college on, on, on a grant of 80 pounds a week, and, and we still tithe. And still gave to the work of God. And it's been part of our, of our, of our life, all our life. And, and the same principle is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I think it is, in the New Testament, where Paul speaks about sowing and, 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 and uh, reaping. And, and this week, you know, I, we'd growing some tatties out in my back garden this year. And, uh, so I planted potatoes, and I made a mistake of planting potatoes, and, 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 uh, and a, a bucket that had no drainage at the bottom. So I had almost mashed potatoes when I, when I took them. And uh, But the ones that I did get right and I planted, I, I lifted up a stem of potatoes this week. I planted one and uh, I think there was eight potatoes came out of that. And that's, that's, that's what God does. That's, that's His principle. But obedience is not just an Old Testament concept. The Old Testament laws I said work like this if you obey you will get the blessing but it's New Testament and and, Je- and, and and Jesus said in the great commission in Matthew 28 he told us all to go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel and to teach people everything that I have commanded you to obey everything that I have commanded you So, so this principle of obedience is there Jesus prayed and taught us to pray thy will be done And there's huge amounts in the Bible about obeying his commands. John taught in his epistles, 1 John 5, verses 3. This is love for God to obey his commands. It's a love test. We read it uh, earlier on. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. John 14, 15. And interestingly, the word that sums up our life before we become a Christian is disobedience. And in Ephesians, Paul writes about that in Ephesians 2, 1 to 4. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And and then you get this picture in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Paul picks it up in Romans. God exasperatingly crying all day long. I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. So the thing that should sum up our lives after, after we become Christians is obedience. And the thing that characterizes our lives, written over our lives before, is disobedience. So in this passage, obedience is the test to prove the evidence of love. So in the, in, the, in, the, in the text I gave, it proves if we love God, we will obey his commands. People who love God, obey God. People who don't love God, don't obey his teaching. Whoever is my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. John 14, 21. So it reiterates the verse of, 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 of verse 15, it's our text today. If we love him, we'll obey his commands. Love is the basis of our relationship with God. Our love for him is manifested in obedience. And those who show their love by obedience obtain great benefits. As one guy says, loving Christ pays unmatched dividends. Because it says here in verse 21, you'll be loved by both the Father and the Son, and will receive even greater revelation. And it's re-emphasized in verse 23. He, in verse 23, he says, we'll come to him and make our home with him. And one commentator says the reality of Jesus and the Father's presence would be conditioned upon obedience. Well, what does obedience look like? Well, it looks like Jesus. Because he was obedient to death, even death on the cross. He left heaven. He was willing to come. He came to obey. He said, lo, I delight to do your will. And in Romans 5, Paul makes an argument between the, 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 the first Adam and the last Adam. That the first Adam disobeyed, but because of the blessings and the obedience of Jesus, we've all been brought into a wonderful relationship uh, with him. Obedience characterized his whole life. It can look like difficult, but it's always a burden. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy to forgive. It's not always easy to give. It's not always easy to bless when cursed. It's not always easy to turn the other cheek. Love can be hard. And Paul himself knew that. He says, in his life, he says, the things that I would do, I do not. And the things that that, that I don't want to do, I do. And it, it, who will deliver me from this? And and Jesus was the one who would deliver him. And some of the old commentators and some of the modern commentators have said the same things. And people like Charles Stanley, who just died earlier on this year, he says, one of the best things that we can do in our life, one of the best pieces of advice is to decide in, in advance that whatever God tells us to do, that we're going to do it. We're going to obey Him. So whenever different things happen in our life, different temptations, different challenges come, that we're going to obey Him. That's our advice, regardless of what happened. Richard Exley tells a story of how he's a young pastor in the church, and he kind of blew things up a bit by the the way that he he acted and reacted. He'd been a bit harsh and a bit overpowering. And and then God spoke in his life, and he says, take the men together, and he says, I want you to humbly wash their feet and and uh, ask for the permission to do it and then say, I'm really sorry for the way that i treated you. And when he, when he did that, he says, it, it changed the whole dynamics of what was going on in their team. It's very biblical uh, to be reconciled uh, to our brothers and sisters. So decide beforehand that we will obey whatever he says. So it accomplishes all things. And it accomplishes small things. You know, when I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit said something to me, and, uh, about doing something for, for our young people, just a simple thing. It was, the young people were going away to Stirling, and, and the Lord says to me, He says, uh, buy them an ice cream. And, uh, and I, is that really you, Lord? Like, I says to Diane, is, is, and we were both 100%, let's just do it. I mean, it can be small things, big things. Whatever the Holy Spirit might say to us. You know, the root cause, Exley said, of virtually all of our spiritual failure is disobedience in the little things. And he says, over a period of time, your spiritual strength is compromised. And then when a crisis of temptation arises, you simply do not have the will to resist. So he's saying, bit by bit, as you obey, you're building resilience in your life. I believe that with all my heart. And he says, every time you disobey, you're like chipping away at the inside of your resilience and, 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 and your strength and the power that God has given us. And Oswald Chambers said, the golden rule of understanding spirituality is not intellect, but obedience. If a man wants scientific knowledge, intellectual curiosity is his guide. But if he wants insight into what Jesus Christ teaches, he can only get it by obedience. So the band can come now. And more I could have said, but obedience may be be costly, but so is disobedience. And there's lots of people we could have looked at uh, in relation to that. So there's a call to obedience. In Romans 1, Paul writes, he says, He's been given grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And according to Romans 6, we can be a slave to righteousness, or we can be a slave to sin. And and I and I reckon that God is challenging us today to obey Him. To obey or not to obey—that is the question. It might be in relation to some of the things I've mentioned: a response to giving, a response to a need, a prompt to witness, to forgive from the heart, to get baptized, to serve. It could be a whole dose of other things. It could just be a prompt in the prayer. Just a couple of weeks ago, when, when Bethany and Gregor went away on holiday, Diane said to me, she says, I'm really burdened for, for Bethany and Gregor. She says, I was like, I wonder if they're okay. And uh, obviously, as a mom, she begins to pray. And what had happened is, is, is being uh, gluten-free, Bethany had made sure that, that her, her food and her diet on the, on the, sh- on the ship where they were was, was gluten-free. But, but uh, she the something hadn't been, although it was said it was, it wasn't, and it made her violently sick, and she was ill. And so, sometimes it can come as a prompting in her heart, and go, uh, as a mother, as a as a husband, as a wife, as as a child, for a parent. Sometimes people will come across her path, and, and 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 God will put things in my mind, that, and and we've got to pray. And so, it, it's obedience in these moments. It could be an obedience to give. It could be whatever it might be. A number of years ago, 20-odd years ago, that we, we were in the process of buying a house and selling the house that we were in. We lived in a three-bedroomed uh, mid-terrace house in Burnhead Road, and uh, it was, our lives were really busy, and we had, uh, the, our attic floored upstairs, and in the summertime, it was roasting hot, and in the wintertime, I had a fur jacket and, and a sleeping bag over my legs, and uh, and my computer on the, on the top of a worktop, and 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 the and with a our, a our ramsey ladder down, and we had four kids, and it was busy, and 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 the house was was uh, like too small, and we prayed and 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 felt that God showed us another house, and we went and we put an offer in for another house. It's a big story, but this is the gist of it. And then we were putting our house in Burnhead Road up for sale, and I felt that God said to me, "Trust me to sell your house." And, and, uh, that, I thought, what do you mean by that, Lord? And I felt what God wanted me to do was to put a sign in the garden house for sale. Now, Burn- Burnhead Road's not Bellsdike Road. It's not, it's, it's not the main thoroughfare. And all that we, we, we had peace to do was stick a sign in the garden. In fact, Tom Patrick made a better sign because I just uh, painted one for sale. He d- did one in a house. And Diane and I were both of the same opinion. This is what God wanted us to do. And we thought, Oh, before it comes time to sign the missives, we're going to have this house, and 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 uh, it didn't happen. So we'd borrow money. We did. We'd take a bridging loan. We got money from a relative uh, uh, as an interest-free loan, and here we were hung, hung out high and dry, like in a sense that we were we were out there trusting God, and wherever we would go, we would hear people speak about the step of faith, obedience, and all that, and this was what God was calling us to do. And to trust them, and we had a couple of thousand pounds left in the bank because we had two houses, and in case anything uh, was wrong with any of the houses, we thought we'd better have something uh, spare. And and so time went on. We thought it'll be it'll be sorted by Easter, Resurrection Day. We'll going to celebrate. The it didn't happen. And and then we thought, well, okay, by summer it'll happen. It didn't happen. Or by Christmas it'll happen. It didn't happen. So we're 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 paying. Um, the council tax for two, we're paying insurance for two, we're, we're paying all of these things. And then, a prophet came and prophesied that I, w- that I would have a, a ministry that would that, that would be able to speak in other parts of the world. And in, in, in February, I was in the Philippines. I mean, this is completely outside my comfort zone. I like all my eyes dotted, all my T's crossed, all of these things, completely outside my comfort zone. And we're walking this journey with God. Well, well, at the end of that journey, God showed us so many things, so many wonderful things that He did. And so now there's faith and resilience built up in our hearts because we did that journey with Jesus. So so we learned things. We we learned the trust. And at the end of that, we still did the two thousand pounds in the bank, and I'll tell you what we did. We marvelled, didn't we? We marvelled at, at how God had provided for us in that whole journey. We looked back and we thought, this is amazing what God has done. We've got, we never made a public appeal for money. Never, ever have. Never. People would say, how's things going? We would say, God's got it under control. And I'll tell you what, friends, he had it under control. And I don't know what God is calling you to do today. Whatever he's asking you to do in the realm of obedience today, what I'm asking you to do today is, will you obey him? And will you trust him? To obey or not to obey? That is a question. I've gone over my time this morning, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will take what's been said this morning and speak into our lives, and that will help us to be people of obedience. So before the band sings just a short chorus. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Please feel free to contact us through our website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.